0: Hi, welcome to Exploring the Illusion of Free Will. My name is George Ortega, and this is episode number 138, Free Will, Why We Don't Even Experience It, a review. Okay, and we're taping this on October 7th, 2013. And it's a review because I covered this topic as my, the fifth episode of my show back in, I'm thinking it was like the end of 2011, it might actually have been um, the beginning of 2012, but it was a while back, so I'm reviewing it again because it's important, because like, what happens is people say, of course I have free will, I experience my will as being free. This show is about now, no, you don't experience your will as being free, you, know, you just think you do, it's a mistake, that's the illusion. Okay. So before we get into that, um, I basically want to define what, we, what most people mean when they say if they have a free will you know, and then I guess quickly just like refuted, you know, might as well. Um, all right, people, when people say they have a free will, they say that what they do, think, feel, say is up to them and nothing that's not in their control is either making them do those things or is taking part in the decision. Now, this taking part thing is important because some, some people will claim, yeah, I've got a partial, I, I don't have a complete free will, but like, yeah, I take part in, in, you know, at least part of my decisions, you know, apart from this other stuff that I can't control. I'm going to demonstrate right now how that we don't even, you know, that's not really free will. Okay, for example, like, let's say, let, my right hand is our conscious mind, okay? The right hand decides, I'm going to lift these papers, okay? And I'm going to do it of my free will. Now, for this example, you know, the right hand is saying it's doing it completely on its own, okay, of its own free will, okay. Now, my left hand is our unconscious, okay. Now the unconscious is always awake; it never is asleep, and it's it's actually like you know as I've explained in a lot of other shows, it's where all the data is for our decisions. So it's really like what what makes the decision. So anyway, so like what happens is like the unconscious is always a part of us. So anyway, if if the conscious mind decides I'm going to like lift this paper, you know, on my own, of my own free will, but the unconscious mind is saying, no, I'm going to be like part of this decision to lift it and I'm going to be part of lifting it also, my right hand, my conscious mind can no no, no longer say that that it's doing it of its own free will because this part of of the mind, this unconscious, that the... conscious mind isn't even aware of is, is both taking part in the decision and taking part in the lifting of, you know, the action, whatever. All right, so that's, that's a way to describe why we don't even have any any degree of free will. And some people say, well, not all of our thoughts are freely willed, but some of them are. Again, because we have this unconscious that that's always awake, always taking part in our decisions. You could never claim with any degree of certainty, well, this was a freely willed decision, because like you have no idea what the unconscious is doing. There's other reasons why even like we can't make a, a free will decision at any time, like causality. Actually, let's get into that. The other main reason why free will is impossible is causality, is because everything has a cause. If you make a decision, okay, there's going to be a cause for that decision. Uh, and the cause is going to precede the decision because a cause will always precede its effect. But the thing is that everything has a cause, so there's going to be a cause to that cause, and then there's going to be a cause to the cause of that cause, and a cause to that cause, and that cause. So you have these causes, you know, regressing back in time, cause by cause. It's a cause and effect chain, and they go back in time, moment by moment, because again, a cause can never follow its effect. It's always, always got to precede it. And so this chain of cause and effect is traveling back in time, moment by moment, whatever. You know, you could describe it physically in terms of particles, whatever. But it's going back to before we're born, before the planet was created, before the solar system was created, all the way back to the Big Bang. All right. That's why, you know, every decision we make is not freely willed. It's not up to us. It's up to the Big Bang that initiated this entire causal process. All right. Brief explanation of why don't we don't have free will. Now let's get into... Oh, before that, let's get into why this is so important. This is important because like, to the extent we believe we have a free will and we attribute a free will to other people and to ourselves, we'll blame other people and ourselves. It's, to the extent we blame other people and ourselves, we'll get angry at other people and ourselves. To the extent we get angry at other people and ourselves, we will seek to punish other people and ourselves, to the extent we seek to punish other people and ourselves, we're creating unnecessary pain, unnecessary suffering, unnecessary conflict, unnecessary aggression, vengeance, revenge. It's it's an insane belief. I mean, aside from that, I mean, just the the entire belief in free will is completely insane. We have our whole world (laughs) founded on this illusion, on this insanity. That can't be good. But essentially, in our personal lives, it causes problems, okay? Now, I'm not saying that we're going to do away with rules and laws and and morality and stuff. We have to, quote-unquote, assume... We don't have to assume that people have free will. If somebody does something, we simply have to identify that, that whatever is happening is happening through them. So, yeah, we might have to resort to a kind of, like, operant conditioning. Like, in psychology, operant conditioning is when you condition favorable, desirable behaviors through reward or punishment, okay? So we might have to reward or punish people, you know, to to encourage them and ourselves to do certain behaviors and not do others. But we would, you know, under the free will perspective, you're, we're doing it with, with hatred, with anger, with with recriminations and accusations and an aggression and all that. It's a, it, 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 it brings this element of hostility into it, whereas like, when we overcome that when, when we understand that absolutely nothing that happens in the world nothing that we ever think say feel and do is in any way up to us fine we'll still have to like you know you know use punishment to a certain extent as a deterrent and as a rehabilitative um, mechanism whatever but we'll do it with much more compassion and understanding and intelligence and because we're doing it with much more intelligence it's going to be more effective for example with criminals you know the free will perspective says, well, they're evil, they're bad, they're criminals. And the problem with that is to the extent we believe it, they believe it. If they believe it in psychology, you understand that like a lot of times what we do ha- arises from our self-concept. In other words, these criminals, they're saying to themselves, well, my parents told me I'm evil, I'm you know bad. Now society's telling me I'm a criminal, I'm evil. So I must be a criminal. What do criminals do? Criminals do crime. So like, in other words, free will belief perpetuates a kind of crime in the world that's derived from this, like, false self-image that these criminals have, these people have, that is derived from this insane, insidious, harmful free will belief. Okay, that's, that's one reason why this is important. All right, let's get to the, <laughs> let's get to the topic. Okay, now, and, you know, I should, I, should, I should focus on this stuff, why it's important a lot more, because um, most people, a lot of people, get rationally, scientifically, that free will is absolutely impossible, but they're afraid to admit it. You know, they're afraid to allow themselves to accept it because they're, they're afraid. Oh, well, if everybody believes that free will is an illusion, there'll be anarchy. There'll be, it'll spell the end of civilization. It won't. It won't. And I've, I've gotten into it in other shows and I don't have time to get into it now, but believe me, we will still uphold rules of law and order. It'll just be a much more wonderful world. Amazing, you know, because there'll be a brand new consciousness for everyone. All right, so we claim that we experience free will. A lot of people say, of course I have free will. I experience my will as being free. No, it's not an experience. First of all, it's a belief. Okay, the Free will is a belief. And how are we taught this belief? Very early in life, either through the church sometimes, but more more so through our parents or other adults. They'll say to us, well you did this. You you took that cookie from the cookie jar and you did it of your own free will and it was wrong. You can't blame your brother, you can't blame whatever. You did it of your own free will. You know, nothing made you do it, okay? that's what we're taught from a very early age because that's like because that's then that's the rationale our parents use for punishing us and i'm not saying it's completely wrong for the, for parents to punish kids it's not it's not wrong for parents to punish kids you know when they do wrong because that's how they you know learn right i mean it's better when yeah so it's necessary sometimes but you know that's how kids that's how people learn the concept of free will when they're a little older They go to church. They go to church, and free will, which actually, incidentally, isn't even in the Bible. You know, the term wasn't coined until about three eighty A.D., and it wasn't adopted by the church until about five hundred A.D. as as a as a principle. But like, but nowadays the church tells you, of course, you have free will, because like, you know, because if you didn't have a free will, God couldn't condemn you to eternal suffering for the rest of eternity. You know, God, if you didn't have a free will, you know, there'd be no justification for hell. God couldn't in good conscience condemn some people, you know, to hell for for, for the rest of eternity if you didn't have free will. That's the reasoning. People learn that. Okay, what happens is, though, people learn this. And sometimes these kids are like, what, six, seven years old, they learn this stuff. And they say, you know, like, well, you know, if you don't believe what the church or, you know, synagogues or temples or mosques or whatever tell you, you're at risk of spending the rest of eternity, which is like trillions and trillions of years. It never stops. It never ends. You know, suffering, unbearable sufferings. And like, you know, a lot of people have described this, hellfires. It's like suffering that's, that's extreme and ceaseless. Okay, when you're a little kid and you're taught that, you're probably going to say, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to hedge my bets here. I'm not, I better believe in this free will stuff because I don't want to take any chances. All right, so it's, it's kind of like blackmail, you know. You, these little kids, these six, seven-year-olds, they don't even have like the cognitive abilities to be able to interpret this kind of information, you know, with any kind of like reasoning. You know, it's like brainwashing. So anyway, my point, my point is that, you know, this, this idea of free will that we some of us say we experience, we don't experience it, okay? It's something we're taught. And to the extent we're not taught it, because sometimes, you know, some people will say, well, sure, it might have been something I've, I've been taught, but I could have, like, I could have I concluded that, that I have a free will. And that's actually what happens. Sometimes, in other words, people say, well, wait a minute, you know, what I'm thinking it doesn't seem like anything that's, that's um, not in my control is making me do something. So it must be my free will. But that's a very, very shallow, very cursory um, non-exploration of the topic or, or of the question. Because in other words, like, people say, well, you know, I, it feels like I have a free will. I am experiencing that I have a free will. So I must have a free will, but they never actually delve into the question. Because, like, first of all, the question is like, you know, what would your f- will be free of, okay? Are you saying that you concluded that your will is free from your unconscious? Did you make that analysis? Did you make that deduction? You know, like you, you, you concluded that you have a free will because you concluded that your will is free from the unconscious. You're free Your will is not free from the unconscious, all right? Because the unconscious is taking part in every decision you make, as I explained earlier. Did you conclude... That your will is free of factors that are outside of your control, like how you were raised, like what language you learned, like where you were born, like when you were born, like whether you're a man or a woman, like, you know, all your genetics and all. You didn't conclude that, all right? So, like, the, 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 the notion, some people say, well, all right. Basically, it is a conclusion. You know, it's not an experience. It's kind of a conclusion or it's something you're taught. But to the extent that it's a conclusion, it's a conclusion based on a lack of consideration. If you consider the, the question with any kind of depth, with any kind of analysis, you have to conclude rationally, logically, scientifically that there's absolutely no way you, you have a free will. You can't. So it's, it's a conclusion It's a conclusion based on faulty analysis. Okay. Okay. Um, so what happens, what do we do? What do we experience? What we experience is choosing, okay? We experience we make choices. That's what we experience, you know, like, if I'm going to, like, decide what to have for dessert and it's between an apple and an orange... You know, I might decide on an apple one day. I might decide on an orange one day. We make choices all the time, but these choices are not made free of factors that are not in our control. That's the key. If we had a free will, we would make them free of factors that are not in our control, but obviously we, we don't. So, so any, anyway, the key point here is it's not that we choose freely. We don't experience of free will, we don't experience our choices as being free from things that were that are not in our control. We simply experience choosing. Okay. Um, for example, yeah, we don't. Do we experience our 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 choices as free from causality, from this causal process? You know, because like sometimes you know the idea of free will is completely incoherent because like. In order to have a free will, it would have to be free of the process of causality or free of causes. You know, it'd, be have, to up, it'd have to be up to us, but it, wouldn't, it couldn't be caused, because if it was caused, that invites this causal regression, these causal antecedents, you know, because everything must have a cause, that span back to before we were born. So basically, like, the free will belief is saying that, that we caused it, that our will caused it, but it couldn't have caused it because if it caused it, you know, it can't be free because of this causal regression. I think I hope you understood that. All right. Again, we, we experience choosing. We don't experience our choosing as um, as free from our genetics. Okay. We don't even like you know. I mean, well, maybe we, yeah, no, because we don't consider that. Whatever. We don't experience our choosing as being free from our past experiences and all. Because when we, in other words, if I choose an apple and, you know, instead of an orange. My past experience told me well, an an apple tastes a certain way, an orange tastes a certain way. All right, this is part of my memory. So we don't experience, you know, a will that is free from these memories. And again, these memories reside in our unconscious. So this choice, this choice between an apple and an orange, is actually being made at the level of the unconscious. Because if the data by which I'm making the decision is at the level of unconscious. The choice has to be made at the level of unconscious. And I just want to explain, some people will say, well, our conscious mind has access to the unconscious. It doesn't. It doesn't. In other words, like, that's why we call it the unconscious. And here's how it works, just very briefly. Um, when I'm perceiving that apple and the orange, it's, just not, it's not just my conscious mind that is perceiving the, these two fruits. It's my unconscious. Okay, my unconscious is also, in other words, you've, you've, there's a lot of experiments in psychology that demonstrate that when you're looking at something, your unconscious is not just conscious of what you're conscious of, what you're aware of. Your unconscious is also perceiving stuff that our conscious mind is not aware of. The unconscious is aware of not just what the conscious mind is aware of, but a lot more. So essentially the the answer to this, you know, why we're not consciously choosing between an apple and an orange, it's because our unconscious is aware of the apple and orange and it's choosing for us. Because that's where the data, that's where the taste, the preferences, you know, all this stuff is happening. All right. So, so yeah, I mean, we just, we, we we don't experience free will. We just assume we have a free will because we just never question it. You know, it's something we, we never question. Um, we never question, you know, like did something happen that something happened that we just never question. Okay. Um, yeah, and we don't we don't question. For example, if we were to question, we'd say like, well, why did I choose what I why did I choose the apple instead of the, the orange? I might say well, I might say, well, I felt like it, you know, and then but yeah, then you ask yourself, well, why did you feel like that, like an apple instead of an orange? You might say, well, because I had an orange yesterday, so I felt the need for something different. And then you might ask, why did you feel the need for diff- something different? And you might say, well, because I like variety. Variety is the spice of life, and, you know, I like variety. And then you ask yourself, why do you like variety? And you might say, well, because um, at a certain point, you don't know. You know, so, so that's a good way to explain it. If you, if you ask why you did something, and you keep asking why, at a certain point, you might say, well, that's the way I was raised. That's the way I was born. That's the way I was made up. That's who I am. And that's right. But you didn't make yourself. You didn't raise yourself. You didn't make yourself who you are and how you are. And that's, that's why you don't have free will. That's why you don't choose freely. And that's why you don't even experience you know, the, the will as being free. All right. I want to get back to this idea that you know, free will is, is for the most part, um, a religious concept, and in, in, in Christianity, it's not in the Bible. The Bible sometimes refers to choosing, but for example, as Paul wrote in Romans 7:15, he said, "He said, you know, I don't know what's going on here. You know, I want to do what's right, but sometimes I can't. You know, sometimes I do the things that I hate." That's Romans 7:15. So, so Paul in Romans is actually. Explaining that he doesn't have a free will, now Romans isn't the only passage. There's other passages in in different um, books, both the Old Testament and the New, where um, where God is saying, "I choose," you know, "I choose what's happening." You know, I'm you know, the the what you do is up to me. All right, so so basically, choice is sometimes in the Bible, but free choice or free will isn't in the Bible. The term was coined in. 380 A.D. by Augustine, I said bef- as I said before. And, you know, it became part of um, Christian doctrine, I think, about 500 A.D. You know, that's when they said, well, all right, this is like, you know, we like this idea, we're going to incorporate it into the fundamental beliefs because before that it wasn't really a, um, you know, a sanctioned church doctrine or whatever. Okay, so again, you know, like, so like, you know, these people back then, you know, they said, well, you know, and back then, you know, they were like, you know, if if you didn't believe what they believed, they would excommunicate you. I don't know. Sometimes they would kill you, um, some you know, or imprison you, and stuff. This you know, this guy um, Galileo was threatened with death. Um, this guy who also understood the universe right, Bruno or Bruni or something, he was actually killed by these Christians. So they weren't fooling around. <laughs> you know, you don't believe what they believe. They were so. But, I mean, it was it was like it was like. It was like brainwashing. It was extortion. It was like, you know, people didn't have a choice whether to believe in free will or not. If the church believed in you know, you're in danger if you didn't believe it. So that's, that's so basically, essentially, people were taught, you know, we were taught, but they didn't experience their will as free, you know. All right, what else? Okay. So free will is a belief. It's a belief like evolution. It's not something they experience. We don't experience evolution. We have no idea of what, you know, You know, we're taught that evolution is um, is the way things happen, and it makes sense. There's a lot of scientific evidence about it, but it's not, you know. Um, evolution is, alright, for most of us, evolution, evolution is kind of like a belief that we're taught. If you're a scientist, it's not a belief, it's an understanding. For most of us, we just like we take it for granted. We have, but basically, it's kind of free will is a belief. It's kind of more like a belief, like like the, the the earth is flat. Okay, a long time ago, everybody believed the earth was flat. It's a belief. It's not an experience. I mean, like we kind of we can say we can experience the world is flat. You know, relatively, and so I, no, I guess yeah. In that sense, we, we're experiencing the world is flat. Um, whatever. It's it's kind of like a, a better belief. <laughs> These aren't good examples. A better belief is kind of like the world, you know, being five thousand seven hundred and some years old. You know, I've fifty years old, six years old, whatever. Almost six thousand years old. That's a, if you add up the biblical chronology starting from Adam and Eve. That's your, that's how many years you come up with. That's a belief. We don't experience that. We don't experience the world as being just six thousand years old. We don't we don't experience how old it is. Okay, but it's just a belief. Free will is a belief like that, okay? We're taught it, okay? Now, it is possible, you know, we don't experience this this illusion of free will. It is possible to overcome the illusion, because even though we don't experience as our will is free, we believe it's free, and that belief is a very, very powerful conditioner, and it powers, it. you know, it, it just basically controls our reactions to what happens. But it is possible to overcome this belief, and, Overcoming it is really simple. It really amounts to anytime you kind of like are evaluating or judging the actions of someone else or of yourself, if you're reading something, watching TV or something, all you have to do is remind yourself, wait a minute, what that person just said, what that person just wrote, you know, what that person just did was in no way up to them. It was not freely willed. That's what overcoming the belief in free will is is that's how you do it that's how you know that's all you need to do and the more you do it the better you get at it it's not as easy in emotional situations sometimes like if you're involved in an emotional conflict or something your emotions kick in kick in and you know this this free will belief this free will teaching that we've been taught and we don't experience and we accept is very, very ingrained in us. We're very... It's it's difficult in emotional situations to overcome this belief, okay? And, you know, most fundamentally, you know, if you're trying to do this on your own, you will succeed some. I've succeeded to a certain extent. Susan Blackmore, who's a um, British psychologist who um, understands free wills and illusions, she's succeeded this to a great extent. She She started you know, overcoming it um, years ago when she was in college, and she says she's had great success in it. So, like, so I believe her. It's possible to overcome this this illusion of free will. Okay. It's easier sometimes, like, to overcome it when you are watching TV or when you're, like, you know, reading a newspaper. You know, you, they say that somebody did something, a group of people are doing something, you know, and you your immediate reaction, oh, they're horrible, you know, you want to punish them, and all that stuff. Then you remind yourself. Wait a minute. They—it's um, not up to them. So you know, they may. You still may feel they need to be punished, or whatever, because they're doing something wrong. It's harmful. Or wrong, but at least you won't be doing it from the perspective of, ha- of hatred. It's really, you know, it helps you, you know, to do that. All right. So anyway. So I'm um, going to end. I've got like a bit under two minutes. So like Scientific American, mind in 2012, came out an article with an article refuting free will, and in it it says that like about 30 percent of people in the world don't believe in free will. So obviously these 30, and I don't know where they are, I really don't, you know, this, it's just a statement they make in that article, Scientific American Mind, okay, 2012. Um, but they don't believe in free will. Now if they don't believe in free will, I don't think they're experiencing their will as free, all right, so that's, that's one thing. The Greeks, the Greeks didn't experience their will as free. The Greeks understood that it was the fates, these gods, would determine things. These gods would determine what you did and what you didn't, didn't do. Um, the Greeks understood this. The doctrine of karma understands this. The doctrine of karma understands that like what you're doing in this life is a result of what you did in the last life. But what you did in the last life is a result of what you did in the life before and what you did in life before is the result of what you did in life before that. So you've got this chain of cause and effect taking the, the part of our lives in karma. So that's, that's causality. Um, and then finally, Albert Einstein didn't believe he had a free will. And he went on to win the Nobel Prize. So like you can do great things in life not believing in free will. You don't experience it. It's a belief that you've been taught, and it's illusion, and it's wrong. And, all right, this is episode um, 138, I guess. So we're going to continue. I'm going to continue explaining why free will is impossible. Because, like, with Darwin and evolution, it took years for, for people to accept it. So it may take years for people to accept this. But we'll keep doing the shows. And gradually, slowly, you'll get it. And the world will change because of it. All right, this is George Ortega saying thanks for watching. And I'll see you again next time on Exploring Illusion Free Will. Thanks.